0: You know, we started this podcast because so many black belts and green belts. What I was finding is they get out of their training, they're really overwhelmed with the information, and they're just kind of like left a little bit empty, wondering, okay, what's next?
1: Chances are many organizations that have just started the program don't have that flexibility or luxury of having a mentor, kind of reinforces or gives some, how do you say, confirmation to, hey, what I'm hearing or what I'm doing actually makes sense, or this is what I'm struggling with, and that's common, so that's fine.
0: So that's why you and I are here each week to be their regular coaches. So we're going to continue to support all of you guys who are listening so long as you continue to support us. We really appreciate you joining us on our journey. Tell your friends and colleagues all about us. Subscribe on iTunes. Leave us a five-star review to help us reach more Lean Six Sigma and quality professionals you can search for eSuccess Methods Podcast in the search field on iTunes, or you can find us under the Business and Career section. And uh, by all means, keep listening. We have lots more coming. Welcome to the eSuccess Methods Podcast with Jacob and Aaron, your weekly dose of tips and tricks to achieve excellent performance in your business and career. Join us as we explore deeper into the practical world of lean, Six Sigma, project management, and design thinking. In this episode, number 173, CX for Job Seekers Part 1, we say, Tally No as we outline the typical customer journeys for job seekers and how they are neither good for the candidate nor for the hiring manager. If you're just tuning in for the first time, find all our back episodes on our podcast table of contents at e methodscom If you like this episode, be sure to click the like link in the show notes. It's easy. Just tap our logo, click, and you're done. Tap, click, done. Here we go. Hey, Jacob, how are you? I'm good, Adam. How are you doing? Jacob, I'm doing all right. Jacob, I got this friend and, uh... You know, this friend he's been he's been looking at a lot of job sites lately. Okay. And uh, this friend he he tells me, you know, sometimes I'm on a job site and it goes smoothly, and I'm amazed at how easily it goes. And then sometimes I'm on a job site or not a job site, but a job application form. site form. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I cannot believe all the stuff they're asking me, mm-hmm. and it just takes forever and forever and forever. And he actually told me. You know, sometimes I just give up right in the middle. No way. Yeah. Have you ever done that? Have you ever given up right in the middle
1: of a job application? Completely, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Have you? More than once. (laughs) Okay. Just because I don't want to deal with it. Right.
0: Uh, For me, it's uh, as a – Oh no. uh, well, I mean for my friend, as a job seeker, he was like, um, you know, this is kind of an indication of what it might be like to work there, especially if you're looking at – uh, someplace that's trying to be continuous improvement or lean, mm-hmm. and your first exposure is mostly non-value-added work in the job application, it can be a turnoff.
1: No, totally. But I don't think that was the reason why. I think for me personally, it was like, okay, if they want to already an- me to answer these many questions, I can only imagine what their interview process might be like. I don't want to deal with this.
0: Oh, I see. So that's an indicator of how ridiculous the interview process will be. Or could be. Could be okay, all right. So I think one of the problems, and this is my baseline assumption, is that many of them buy into the same software vendor called Talio, or ta- ta- I think it's Talio. Talio. Yep. Yeah. So I've actually titled this one Tally No, and it's uh, CX for the job seeker, meaning customer experience. So this is talking about applying customer experience type of mindset, considering the job applicant to be a customer and considering that when you're designing your pre-boarding, it's not even pre-boarding, it's really just
1: the application experience. Yeah. It's the application sourcing experience, but I will admit, uh, I had some experience trying to look through the different job application tools that exist out there. mm mm-hmm. uh, while we were doing a recruiting project, I want to say four or five years ago. And, uh, Tally was one of the ones, and there were a couple of other things out there. It's just like any other software or any other thing that you have. They have standard templates. Mm -hmm. But it's totally up to you to decide what you want to do and how you want to do it. And in many cases, everybody just goes with the default, and they don't try to make any much more adjustments than that because that means they have to now deviate from the one that already comes pre-cooked and they have to change things, which many people don't want to invest the time or resources to do that, so they just go with the default.
0: Right. And at least one time I've noticed that, or I believe that to be the case, and, and I think we'll get to that. So you're kind of getting into the some some we call it the objections, and everyone else does it this way. Mm-hmm. And does that sound
1: kind of like what you're saying, this is what everybody does? Well, I don't think it is what everybody does. I think it is what I'm saying is the default has been set for this. Mm-hmm. It's an assumption that everybody else does this, so let's just continue with that. Right. So that actually goes to the other one, that is, uh, we paid
0: for these options, so we just turned them all on, or you're saying they never bothered to turn them off.
1: Yep, exactly. Or they never even inquired, to your point, what is what do we actually need, mm-hmm. and why do we need to collect all this other stuff? Right.
0: So I have here many software companies, and this is true for, I'd say, most software, where you, you buy it based off of, the wow factor of several features and benefits, oh, it can do this, it can do this, it can do this, and then uh, you realize or you never realize that you actually never will use those aspects, and they're actually detracting from the basic function, which is getting the right information uh, for the right job seeker in the most expedient amount of time, I would
1: think. Yeah, and on top of that, right, when when you're thinking of such a software... Uh, It depends on who is going to use this also. And in many cases, most organizations try to do too many things with this one tool. Mm -hmm. So all the way from the recruiter using it to the applicant using it to the hiring manager possibly using it to then making a workflow out of this tool to show the progress bar and statistics and summaries and all reports out of this. So when you try to get a combination of all these things, you sometimes don't necessarily think of who is my primary audience, or who is my primary target for this? Right. And then you get lost to your point in the bells and the whistles, and then you just don't. Then you just get all, in awe with some particular report that somebody wanted, and you're like, "Yep, this is the best thing for us. Let's go get it."
0: Right. It's and it and I think a lot of our software call it ERP uh, or some other project tracking software. It gets sold on its reporting capability rather than its ability to help projects get done or mm-hmm. or something like that and and so say is it a, maybe this was designed these these recruiting soft not recruiting these job application forms and software are designed for the hr person who really just wants to be able to have as much data at their disposable at their disposal as possible yep now let me ask you this do
1: they also have the data for abandonment rate i'm guessing they do i don't mm-hmm. know if I'm I'm pretty sure how many people started it and didn't complete it. I mean, I would hope that it's there, but I'm not sure. Right, I'd I'd be curious. Uh, I've never actually done any improvement
0: projects in that process, mm-hmm. but I'm guessing that data are there, and I'm not sure that I've seen anybody try to do anything with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. All right, so in that case, what about the somebody hiding behind? Well, these are all required information that we need for all of our all the employees that we hire, we need all of these, especially for equal opportunity employment purposes.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the question is, do you need it for everybody or the ones you interview or... I, I'm not sure. I right. mean, what is that being used for? It is just basically to, in my opinion, cover your dash. <laughs> your dash? Yeah, yeah okay. your dash. Yeah. You can film whatever you want in there. <laughs> cover but, your spaces? <laughs> yeah. But that's really what it is being used for. Mm-hmm. But. You know, can you really prove something by just collecting that information? I'm not sure.
0: No, I mean, it's it's voluntary information anyway. Yeah. Yeah, you can opt out uh, from sharing that. My my personal belief, based off of the variability I've seen in the applications I've filled out, I mean, my friend has filled out, uh, I very much believe that it's not required until such a time as an offer is actually extended. Because I've had some go very smoothly, which are just, hey, submit your resume and let's talk. Um, yep. And then others that are asking for, you know, quite a bit of information that <laughs> yeah. I'm like, why do you possibly need this? Uh, yeah,
1: where, did you, where did you last year? Where do you live the year before that? Uh, <laughs> what city do you want to work in? Uh you know, yeah. Are you I willing know. to relocate? Pick your yep. top three potential cities? cities. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs>
0: it's like, are you serious? Yeah. All right. So let, let's talk a little bit about it. So putting a bit of a, a customer experience spin on this uh, created profile for two types of job seekers or two types of people who might go through this named one of them, Anthony named one of them, Gerald and created personas. Those are included in the show notes. They're actually pretty neat looking personas. Uh, I created I them with a, with a online free software mm-hmm. called Extensio. X T E N S I O. People should take a look at it. They have a free, a bunch of free options and, uh, Premium options on top of that, but it's a bit of an experiment. Um, it's mostly visual. It's not. It's you know, there's graphs here, but you know, that's created manually. Mm-hmm. So uh, I have Anthony. Anthony is a high D, high C personality, and we just went through our disc model. So uh, many people can recall what that is. That's career driven, entrepreneurial. Tests his boundaries. May ask for forgiveness. Meaning not asking permission so much and frustration Mm -hmm. with process and status quo. Okay. And based on his persona, he's motivated by incentives, achievement and growth, and not so much by fear, power and social standing. And, uh, and on, on the flip side, we have Gerald who is a high C high S process oriented, perfectionist, loyal and compliant asks for permission And sort of slow and steady. And he is more motivated by fear, uh, achievement, and growth, and social standing. Um, Not as much as a go-getter as Anthony. Anthony is always looking for that next move. And Gerald is seeking stability, slow and steady growth. Consistency. Consistency. Right. Yep. Okay. You are listening to E6S Methods Podcast, brought to you by E6S Industries. Join us on our website at www.e6s-methods.com. Journey through success. Did you know e6s Industries delivers custom training? We'll customize a program to meet your unique, continuous improvement needs. We're also experienced keynote and motivational speakers to professional organizations and universities. Contact us on our website www.e-success-methods.com and let us help you chart your journey through success. So, what is outlined below is sort of a, a typical, call it, application journey. Uh, can you walk us through this journey, and then we can see how we think Gerald and Anthony would fare during this journey?
1: Sure. And typically, it starts with you know searching for the job posting. And by then you kind of, you know, it's either a key field or something that you search on and you then see, oh, this is, there's three or four of them that kind of fit what I'm looking for. Eventually you read the job description. Once that's done, hey, I think I'm good. I need to, let me customize my resume. And uh, then I'll probably draft a custom cover letter because that's probably a required field or an, or I I wouldn't say a required field, but an applicable field is a space over there. So of course mm-hmm. I fill the space. And then in order to a start application, I have to hit the apply button. Um, as soon as that comes, I get the option for upload my resume and copy paste my cover letter. I'll have to most likely after that, depending on how the upload software reads that mm-hmm. most likely either fill out the name and address or validate the name and address fields and then add education um, mostly I've seen ad work experience, but mo- either or one of the two, mm-hmm. add your education, add your work experience. Chances are they want to know when you started, when you ended, what your salary was, what your reasoning for leaving was, who was your supervisor, what is their telephone number, uh, etc. cetera, et cetera. And then from your educational background, if you've got any certifications, what year did you get? What is your certification number? Um, you know, if you have any references, Potentially, what is your current salary? What is your desired salary, your desired location or relocation options? If you're lucky, some of them might have some minimum qualification questions Mm -hmm. after which you get through uh, the voluntary information, your race, ethnicity questions, your veteran status, your disability status, and most likely are you willing, um, or not, well, are you willing, you'd have to then sign your life away saying everything you just gave them was accurate. And most likely after that, you get a confirmation email. Hmm. And you wait.
0: Right, and sometimes there's a survey that
1: gets or set application up, uh, in process, between. Yeah, right, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. And then at some point, the process ends. Either either it ends with you getting a phone call, and I've, I've assumed a happy ending for all of these but either it ends with you getting a phone call for an interview, or it ends by you just giving up because you've decided to wait. And sometimes it ends because you get a an email that says you know you haven't been selected. Okay. I'd say most often, in my experience, it just fades away, just in oblivion. You never yep. hear anything. Yep, yep. So I've uh, I've created a couple different scenarios for both Anthony. Uh, and gerald, so their their personas are the same, but their the context are different. One is that they are unemployed and looking okay oh, unemployed. And one is that they are employed and they are looking, you know unemployed they are employed, but they're curious or seeking other opportunities. Another one is that they're they're employed, but they've been actively recruited okay. by someone else. okay. so let's start off with what if Anthony or Gerald were unemployed? Okay. How would they feel as they go through this journey on a high level? So uh, there are a lot more detailed customer journey maps that are included in the show notes. If you click on those, they'll come up in a uh, HTML document, and you, anybody can visualize. They're very long, so you have to scroll up and down, side to side, but um, be a lot easier than trying to look at an image. So I I recommend anybody takes a look at that i going to talk about it on the high level. So unemployed Anthony, going through this long journey you've, you've outlined, starts off optimistic. You know, he's, he's getting a job, but then he gets frustrated with the process because he doesn't like process. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's actually feeling quite negative for the majority of the process. Now, there, he's unemployed. He needs a job, wants a job, but uh, this is not a happy experience for him. Um, eventually, he is happy to get the call at the end of the process, but for him it doesn't make up for the poor experience. And he's certainly not interested in giving feedback on the survey, and there's just not enough value for his time. What's in it for him to fill out a survey regarding a, especially um, what was mostly a negative application experience?
1: Yeah, I mean, he's probably going to think, like, why do I have to do all this? Can't I just get the phone call already? Mm -hmm.
0: What Anthony would rather do is find out who the hiring manager is and just call him or her, yep. and then say, hey, can I just send you my resume? Yep. That's what Anthony
1: wants to do. Mm-hmm. Or can we talk about when can I start?
0: Right, yeah. Uh, Gerald, on the other hand, also will start negative. Um, he's still a little bit pissed off that he's lost his job. Uh, mm-hmm. He was He's loyal to his company, so why wasn't his company loyal to him? It's not the hiring company's fault, and they're not in control of that fact, uh, but recognizing that that could be the situation could Im- help them improve on the job application experience. And why would anybody want to do that? It's because you actually want to you want to get the uh, most talented folks, right? You don't mm-hmm. want talented people to go somewhere else just because they refuse to deal with your, your the barriers to entry, essentially. Yep. So Gerald starts negative, still upset he lost the job. He continues to be negative until he gets to share his expertise he's quite proud about his expertise and likes to convey that Uh, but ultimately and ultimately he's happy to get the call but his overall experience is negative not as negative as anthony with the process however he still doesn't fill out the survey because he still needs to focus on getting a job instead he's unemployed he would love to help out but he's got to focus on his own stuff yeah he's busy filling other forms that's right. He's got somebody else's tallyo forms to fill out. Yep. Okay. So that's if they are unemployed. Okay. Let's say they're employed, but they're looking, or they're or at least curious, they're actively looking. Mm-hmm. So Anthony starts off neutral, but ends very negatively. And by the end of the process, he's not sure he even wants a job. He's still going through the same journey. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he's like, okay, it's okay, it's okay. He's like, oh, geez, it's just too much. You know, I, I have a job. Uh, this this other thing that I'm looking at isn't looking like it's going to be it. He's, he's not really going to give any feedback. And then he's not sure that uh, after he gets to the end of it, it's like, man, if they call me, kind of like what you said, I'm not sure I really want to work for this place. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Gerald, uh, a little bit different. He starts off skeptical because he actually is quite loyal. He feels a little bit guilty for looking. He has relatively neutral somewhat positive experience for most of the journey but gets uncomfortable with the questions when he believes that they are asking too much when they are going too deep they're getting a little bit too personal he doesn't want to share that much and it starts to make him feel a little bit guilty and disloyal he begrudgingly completes a feedback survey hoping it will help someone else
1: in the future yeah, I don't know about that <laughs> so we will say more no, I was just saying I don't know if is going to still fill the feedback survey but maybe he will He's a, he's, he's a high C, high S. Yeah, but, you know, that's assuming. Yeah, it depends on his personality, I would say. I don't know if... Uh, I don't always fill the survey, and I've been a C and S for a while. It's more... Depends <laughs> on my mood, I guess. Right. In this case, he's hoping it will help somebody. That's true. He's a helper. He's a nice guy.
0: He's a giver. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, uh, any other comments on uh,
1: employed but looking? No, it seems about okay.
0: Yeah. And that's... Mostly the situation you and me and my friend uh, have been in is you have something, you're not desperate and you can afford to be a little bit choosier based off of what it is that you're looking at. And you don't feel as bad about bailing out on this journey. Yep. So, so in in this last scenario, Anthony and Gerald, if, employed, they're both employed, but they're being recruited, meaning somebody contacted them
1: and told them, fill this form, you're in the run.
0: Oh, this is great. I think you're going to be great. All you got to do is go through this process and then call me when you're done with that and I'll make sure I get in front of the hiring manager, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening to episode 173 of the eSuccess Methods podcast. Stay tuned for episode 174, part 2 of CX for Job Seekers. Don't forget to click like or dislike for this episode in the show notes. Tap, click done. If you have a question, comment, or advice, leave a note in the comment section or contact us directly. Feel free to email me, Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, at e6s-methods.com, or on our website. We reply to all messages. If you heard something you like, then clamor and share it. Didn't like what you heard? Join our LinkedIn group and tell us why. Don't forget, you can find notes and graphics for all shows and more at www.e6s-methods.com. Journey through success. If you're not climbing up, you're falling down.